This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Jones, joined by Chris Beasley and Connor O'Neill. At the end of last week, I said that I wanted this to be a positive look back at what was a rousing Everton victory, and I got my wish. I got my wish. Everton secured a 3-0 win over Leeds United, thanks to goals from Seamus Coleman, Michael Keane, and an absolute stunner from Anthony Gordon, apparently, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we'll look back on the uh, the main issues of that game. Uh, we'll look back on the fans, the atmosphere, uh, and a few individual performances as well. But, bees, I wanted just yeah. to start off with a general general one. I mean, that was, that was so much better from Everton, wasn't it? That was exactly what fans have been waiting to see for a long while. Yeah, I know. I suppose you were the closest, weren't you? You said you actually went 3 1, to be fair. And yeah, in, didn't, didn't fancy a clean sheet. But yeah. <laughs> well, nobody did. That's it, it went beyond what anyone could have imagined. We said, you know, obviously, Frank Lampard, it's his job. So he wasn't going to say it was a must win game. But we all said on Friday, yeah, it is a, it is a must win game. It really had to be for Everton. And we thought, well, they might have to. Um, grind it out in whatever way possible against this really durable Leeds United side, you know, known within the division as one of the, the toughy, toughest cookies out there in terms of, you know, they, they keep going as Aston Villa had on during the week. Um, but yeah, I suppose one thing with Leeds, they are, they can blow hot and cold and you're not sure what you're going to get, but we know what we got from Everton and that was just emphatic. Um, the way that they played, the shift that they all put in, just even different from the Brentford game, I suppose, whereas obviously that was a that was a, a big victory there and sort of got the smiles back on people's faces. But this was this was totally different. And for somebody who was there against Wimbledon in '94 and there against Coventry City in '98, it did have a feel of that sort of game about it. Although there's still almost half a season to go, the way the crowd were, you could sense that importance. I mean, I mentioned on Saturday. I mean, I've got a bit of stick in this podcast in the past from, from some of the punters in that I always um, describe Everton as as they rather than we, and I try to keep things professional in that respect. But like I said, everyone who knows me knows, obviously I was there against Wimbledon as there's in Coventry, I've just said. I was off my feet in the press box on Saturday shouting yes yeah. when Seamus Coleman headed that ball across the line. Yeah, I'm not too sure it was caught on camera or anything like that, but um, we could all feel how important that was and to get that that victory because they shouldn't. I've said already they shouldn't be anywhere near it. They're comfortably good enough to be a a mid-table team at least, and we saw that on Saturday just what they are capable of. But that run they've been on, that awful run, which we said was comparable over an entire season to the sort of numbers that Sunderland and Derby County were putting up in those record-breakingly bad seasons. They had to stop the rot. Still a long way to go, but things are looking a lot better, a lot more rosy this this morning, and it's certainly something to build on for Frank Lampard. I've done those players between now and the rest of the season. Mm. And Connor, uh, and I don't know whether you feel the same, but for me it was it was almost like beating Leeds at their own game, really, wasn't it? You know, all those sort of qualities that we have associated with Leeds since their promotion, you know, high octane, energetic, determined, dogged. Uh, that was that was Everton right from the first minute, wasn't it? And Leeds couldn't really deal with that. Yeah, it was. I think that's what made it even more impressive for me. It was because I think we all just got kind of bogged down and got Everton to get a result. It doesn't matter how it comes, you know, 
And if you come on nil, you know, do you have to defend for 89 minutes or what? You know, they just need to get a, a win. But I think the fact that they got a win playing the way they did, the type of performance that they, they put in, made it even better because you, you think, well, actually, this is not just a team you can grind up with us. This is a team who actually play well. This is a team who actually can prove that they, they're up for the fight and they can get stuck in. And, and like you see there, you know, they, we always herald these, don't we, for like, they do the, the, the kind of ugly parts of the game really well. You know, they work hard for each other, they're organised. You know, the, the difficult to break down, difficult to play against. And that was everything on Saturday. And, and that's the blueprint now that they've got to take moving forward because, like, like these sort of do, so they shouldn't be in the position that they are, but they are. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can't mask over after Tuesday night. You know, the the, 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 the dreaded R word was frequently getting said because it was that bad. Saturday was that good that you think, well, it could be too good to go down if they played that every week. But that's the blueprint that they've got to, they've got to use, they've got to build on, they've got to kick on because it's no good putting that type of performance in and not backing it up because you're going to go back to square one. This is an Everton team that's got to show that they can take them, you know, their key ingredients, what they produced on on Saturday and, and build on that and, and, and make that the norm. That's, that's the big thing for everyone. You've got to make them take performances the norm because otherwise it's just, it, it defeats the objectives and they're putting them good performances and you're then going to you know, go and throw it away. But I think that was the big thing for me on, on Saturday was just how well they performed and how, you know, how good certain players are playing in certain positions. And I'm sure we're going to touch on a couple of individuals later on. But, you know, that gave you that bit of a buzz and that bit of a, you know, spring in your step where you think actually you know this this team can do something or this team can perform this team can you know put good performance and put the decent displays in and you know they, they just got a bottle up now and move forward because like we've seen the fans will get right behind and support them but they've got to give the fans something to, to get behind and support and that's what we did on Saturday and that's what we need to do now we do need to do now moving forward because like we say there's still some big games to come and you know it, it was a really massive three points but it's not a massive push that shifted us up massively at the table. We're still pretty much looking over our shoulder at other results and other, and other, and other games and other scores. And a couple more performances like that will, will yield, yield a, a healthy punch return and we should be able to move up the table into, you know, comfortably the, mid, the mid-table reaches, which I know is not where the fans want to be talking about, but when you look at the position they're in, that's that's what they need to aim for. Mm. Connor mentions the fans there, bees, and I think it would yeah. be remiss of us to not congratulate those supporters essentially you were all at Goodison Park at the weekend you know we saw the kind of social media campaigns in the days leading up to it saying you know get in your seats early get your flags and banners out bring your best singing voice all that sort of thing and all that was the case wasn't it I mean I, I think we were talking to each other about 10 minutes before kickoff saying we haven't seen Goodison Park that full uh, that yeah. early on it but before the game in a long long while and you know that that, that had that had its impact from the start, didn't it? And, you know, you could see the players were were feeding off that sort of emotion and passion from the stands, weren't they? Yeah, 100%. And I think a similar way, actually, to um, the players, the fans need to take this on for the, the rest of the season now because, um, don't get me wrong, Everton is a real browbeaten fan base. They are long-suffering, those supporters. They've been delivered rubbish for a long time now. It's been nowhere near good enough, and they have my every sympathy. That said, you know, we they, we all know exactly how they all feel ourselves. But yeah, they could take that forward in that. Let's have Goodison Park like that more often. Why does it have to be that Everton are all? I don't think it's the sort of way, isn't it, that non-league teams and we've obviously got Bournemouth Wood coming up to to Goodison soon. 
they can rise themselves for the occasion and produce a performance that you couldn't do every week. And I understand that with fans. It's like every day can't be Christmas Day. you know. But if you're capable of creating an atmosphere like that, as intimidating as that and as noisy as that, why don't we do that on a more regular basis? Because what we've seen, we saw it again. Goodison Park's as loud and as intimidating. We had the various comments from opposition players in recent days. Um, Declan Rice on the one hand and Ben Foster on the other saying he can go one way or the other. We know, and various referees and managers have said it over the years, Goodison Park can be as intimidating as any ground in this country on its day. And that's what the hope is with the design of Bramley Moore Dock. They're going to sort of take that onto the new stadium as well. But let's have more of that on a more regular basis. I mean, I've been covering Premier League football on a regular basis since 2005. Now I've been to a lot of grounds up and down the country. And there's almost um, a sort of a feeling at both Goodson and Anfield on, on a match day. We all know what it's like on the, when, when it really matters, like yesterday or when Liverpool have had their big European nights. But there's a sort of a thing for the, the run-of-the-mill Premier League fixtures was almost a bit of an apathy, almost a bit of a come and entertain us, come and show us what you can do from the from the fans, whereas some of the lesser clubs, smaller clubs who haven't spent as long time in the top flight as as our clubs have done. I thought, oh, they, I've been down to, when when went down to Bournemouth, stuff like that, and even Norwich City in recent weeks, you know, when they were in the bottom three, creating that sort of noise. Um, it's just an example, I think, for the fans themselves to get up for it. Be like that on a more regular basis. Maybe you, maybe they can't do it every single week and they do have to sort of respond to what the players are doing. But I think it's a lesson for the supporters as as well as the players. Like, if you can do yeah. that, let's let's make Goodison like that like on a more regular basis because you could, you could be as intimidating as any fan base in the country. And we saw the flip side, what Newcastle did to Everton. That's just what Everton did to Leeds. So... Yeah, absolutely fantastic, and they they deserve every credit. They played their part in a way that, obviously, last season we had all the games behind closed doors, and it really skewed the results. They they can play a big part in giving Everton a great home record. But hopefully, with a manager like Frank Lampard, who they can get behind, let's let's have it like that, or certainly as close as you can get to that on a more regular basis. Well, that's it, isn't it, Connor? I think you know having a new manager kind of could signify a new era in terms of, you know, like the fans and the atmosphere at Goodison Park, because I think as B's quite rightly mentioned there, you know, they, these supporters have been pretty browbeaten over the last couple of years, especially over the last few months with some demoralising performances at Goodison Park under a manager that a lot of a lot of fans just couldn't get behind. Now with a manager like Frank Lampard, you know, you've got I've got quotes from Dan James after the, after the game uh, this weekend where he says, when the crowd got behind them, they looked like a great team. We just didn't deal with it well. Uh, the crowd really worked in their favour. And, you know, that that's that's what we want to see from Goodison Park all the time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And look, you know, I think we've all alluded to, I mean, you know, before the game, after the game, even maybe during the game, you know, the, the Everton's crowd going to play the biggest part of, is anyone on the getting getting Everton off the trouble and making sure that they, they're still playing Premier League football next season and we've all known that. Well, I, I do agree with bees in terms of, you know, They've shown that again. You know, I think it's almost like two blueprints, isn't it? On Saturday, on the pitch, off the pitch. You know, on the pitch, that's the type of performance Evans players need to produce every week, and off the pitch, that's the type of atmosphere the fans need to create. You know, every week. But I do think, you know, I think they've been a little bit 
Everton fans have been out done for this year, not in the sense of you know what what they've been served up, what they've been you know what what they've been put through is has not been great. And I think it is. It can be sometimes kind of you uh, think for us all say oh well, you know they should still make a, a really good rock. Goodison should still be rocking it should be this it should be that because you know then they people pay a lot of money to go and watch Everton and, and them games and you know if you're not getting value for money you know, you're a bit you know a satisfied customer as they say you know you're not gonna get fully behind something I don't believe in I think now Everton do have the chance to get everyone's have the chance to get so I think they believe in the manager. They believe in the you know a lot of the players who, who play. They believe in like Gordon, Richardson, Calvert Lewin. You know they, they they believe in them players. So I think now it's that blueprint of well, that's what we can do. And it's what we need to do every week because, like I say, Everton's fans are going to play bigger roles. Anyone and making sure that the club you know stay off the threat of relegation and, and make sure they play Premier League football next year. But I think it's a, it's a two way thing though because I think sometimes we could be a little bit too harsh on on support. Maybe we say you know it should be like that all the time because I think at the end of the day. You know, wherever fans have been saved up this season has been, you know, uninspiring at the best of times and, you know, pretty dire, if, if we're being honest, at, at times as well. So I think it's 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 almost like a it's find that perfect combination, but hopefully you now Everton have found that perfect combination and Saturday becomes the norm and not the kind of the exception. And I think that's both on the pitch and off the pitch moving forward. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think the players collectively as a squad probably took confidence from uh, from the shouts from the crowd uh, on Saturday bees, but you know individually as well there were a lot of players that I think really up their levels. So we sh- I think we need to start talking about Alex Awobi really, don't we? I mean this is <laughs> this is a player that a lot of a lot of people <laughs> when he was named in the starting lineup were rolling their eyes. They were putting a few tweets out on social media, but that that kind of performance really seemed to suit him, didn't it? You know he was. He was tracking 30, 40 yards back to win tackles. He was creative in the final third. He really put his heart and soul on the line for uh, for Everton. And by the end of the game, he had his name sang by the Gladys Street. He was beaming with joy when he was embracing Frank Lampard at the end of the game. And you know, it, it, it's great to see him playing with that sort of verve and confidence again, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the manager said, hasn't he, Frank Lampard said that it is the chance to press the reset button um, and a fresh start for everybody, a new fresh set of eyes. You know, whatever you've done or not done on the previous managers, Frank will um, s- sort of treat you and what he sees in front of him and what he sees on the training ground at Finch Farm and what he sees in the pitch at Goodison Park and the other um, venues wherever we'll be playing. Um, yeah, I was one of those who perhaps sort of thought that was surprising to see Alex Awobi back, back in there, given the, the frustrating times he, he's had. But yeah, credit where credit is due, as was for so many of his colleagues. Um, put a, re- a real shift in and you know that's all you can ask you hope that the performances come with that but if somebody's giving a hundred percent um you can't really um criticize them and um yeah that's that's what that's what the sort of thing that you want from all the Everton players um came at the club for the, a big fee and a lot was expected from him but he's, he's just flat to deceive on so many occasions and you get to the point of thinking well well, when is he going to come good? But maybe under a new manager, you, you can sort of get those performances out of him. I mean, he's certainly, um, you know, been a, lo- a long time coming, but, you know, we, we can only welcome those sort of displays. And if the crowd are backing him, like you say, can only hopefully help the players' um, confidence. Um, we've discussed Alex Awobi a lot in the past on here, and everyone's got various opinions about him. One of the things that frustrates me is because I 
believe that there is a, a player in there. Um, I think colleagues of mine just say he's no good. But I think that, you know, Arsene Wenger wouldn't indulge a player for so long if there was, wasn't something about him and he wouldn't have played so many matches for Arsenal, you know, if he didn't have something about him. So there is a talent in there, um, clearly. You just have to harness that properly and we still don't know what his best role is. Does he know what his best position is, his favourite position? But yeah, and he put a real shift in like so many of them uh, at the weekend. And it, it can only be a good thing for Everton, for Alex Wobie to perform to produce a performance like that. I guess what we've said already about the team as a whole, the trick now is doing that on a more consistent basis because we have seen this in the past. To be fair, Everton probably haven't produced too many performances as emphatic as that or as hard-working as that. That, you know, really is up there, you know, in terms of, of a level. But, um, yeah, they need to do it on a more regular basis because that has been the problem with not just Alex Awal, we've got this entire Everton team as, um, the, you know, they... Like the last gas victory over Arsenal in December, that should have been the platform to go on to bigger and better things. And then it just produced the 3-1 reverser at Crystal Palace next time out. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic from both player and team. But come on, let's have let's have that again next week and the week after rather than, you know, just one week. Let, let, let's hope we have a, a sequence of performances of this kind of ilk. Mm, I think Bees is quite right there, Connor, especially about Alex Iwobi because... You know, this is this is a player over you know the last few Everton managers that I think I think there's been times that every every one of those Everton managers has said Albany produces lo- loads of things like this and this and this in training, but quite often we haven't really seen that produced onto the onto the pitch. And I remember saying to to Sam when we were leaving the stadium on a, on Saturday, if that's what he is producing in training, then you can see why these managers have been have been a, have been so confident in him and you know we saw Frank Lampard's quotes after the game he said he just needs to believe in himself and I said it to him before the game I certainly believe in him from the things I've seen so hopefully you you'd have to say that you know the confidence that he can take you know from the support from the fans the support from the manager the support from his teammates after that game hopefully he'll be able to bring that confidence with him into the next game and I know we've talked about turning points a lot with Alex Iwobi over the last couple of years or so but this this seems like it could be another one if he if he can uh, if he can take the opportunity. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's a real strange one, Alex Wobi, isn't it? Because I think one of the early signs with Benitez, Benitez telling me this, was he looked like he was going to get a tune off him, didn't he? He looked like he was the first man. Joe, you know, he he done well when he got off the bench a couple of times and he started a couple of games and he done well. And probably, he probably enough against against Leeds <laughs> away. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, he had a really good yeah. 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 And yet you can see yourself like, you know, is this the man, you know, this is going to be the one who gets something out of him, you know, is he the one who's unearthed that, that talent that, you know, like, like you should do today, everyone, everyone in the club sees him training every week, you know, is he going to be the one who gets that? And then obviously, you know, for maybe multiple reasons, but you know, Alex Wolby ends up kind of becoming back to the Alex Wolby that we've all kind of seen over the last couple of years since he joined the club, where, you know, he, he maybe flattered to the sea a little bit and, and didn't produce what, the goods that we, you know that people expect them to do. So, I think ultimately, I think the big, the big thing with Frank Lampard coming in is it's a clean slate, isn't it, for so many players? I think you know you look at the end of towards Rafa's, you know, reign. He was, you know, he clearly set his mind up on who he wanted to play, who he didn't want to play, and you know there was a lot of players in that list who he didn't want to play, and that was you know seen because sometimes no matter how bad Everton played, it was the same team the next week. It was you know which you know if you're a player and. You're watching your team constantly. Yeah, he's definitely on the bench. And he's still not getting a look. He's not getting a chance to play. 
I'm just pretty disheartening. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of lose you kind of lose belief in yourself because you're probably thinking, well, if I can't get a game now, then I'm probably never ever going to get a game anytime soon. I think you know, Frank Lampard's comments there, but no, he needs to believe in himself. I think that's probably come as a result of him being on the outside looking in and you know looking at you know abject performances because we can still not really get the look in or you know maybe getting the odd five ten minutes here and there, but never you know never enough to kind of be able to show what he can do. So. I think the big thing for Alex will be it's a clean stick for him moving forward and hopefully one way we reap the benefits from. But I, I think ultimately, you know, I, I think Bees is spot on. He's got to build that now next week if he's not, he starts at Southampton. It's got to be the same type of performance. It, it can't be, you know, it, I feel like we're repeating this, but it, he's got to show that that can be the norm for, for Alex and Moby, not the exception once every kind of couple of months. He produces a real standout display. He's got to show that or prove that. Then performances are even as well every week, and he can be, you know, a real asset to effort moving forward because you know he clearly has got ability and he clearly has got something about him. We just need to see it on a regular basis to to, to justify you know his place in every squad. Mm. I think he's far from the only player that this applies to as well, isn't it, Bees? Because we saw a lot of players on Saturday who I would say had been out of form over recent weeks and months. You know, the likes of. Uh, Mason Holgate, I thought he was fantastic, especially that tackle in the first half, which uh, probably saved the goal. Uh, yeah. Michael Keane getting himself on the score sheet, really solid performance at the back. John Joe Kenny playing out of position at left back, doing doing a couple of Cruyff turns on the edge of the Leeds box. He was playing with that much confidence. So yeah. you know, like, like it's not just Alex Awobi, is it? You know, there's there's a lot of players in this Everton squad who should be able to take a lot of confidence from what they were able to produce this weekend, and hopefully take that forward into coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, somebody even referred to um, John Joe Kenny as the Kirkdale Cafu at one point when he was um, <laughs> doing those party pieces. Um, yeah, to be fair, I'll start with John Joe then. Um, I know a player who probably has a big question mark over his future at the club out of contract um, this summer and certainly under the old regime looked like it wouldn't be renewed. But um, yes, um, shades of... Um, I've got to say, it's damning with faint praise here, but the way... Kuko Martina ended up having to go left back for a, a few games at Everton and was much maligned and ended up actually providing a couple of assists on it and his left foot there. But um, was, um, John Joe didn't quite do that. But yeah, it was a fantastic performance by somebody playing out a position. We wondered who was going to fill that left-hand role, given that uh, Vitaly Mikolenko wasn't available. Wondered would it be? Um, well, we probably wondered if it was going to be Nathan Patterson, who's obviously still waiting to make his debut, or whether Seamus Coleman would go over onto the other side again. But it was John Joe who did that and was fantastic. And um, yeah, absolute um, terrific performance from him um, in an unfamiliar position. Like you say, the two centre-backs who they're really going to have to depend on in the next few weeks, given that both Yerimina is out for a couple of months possibly now and certainly Ben Godfrey for a few weeks. So really going to have to depend on Mason Holgate and Michael Keane. So it was fantastic to see both of them sort of produce flawless performances, like you say, none of the sort of silliness or making bad decisions or overplaying it at times, just keeping it simple up the, at the back, doing what they're, they're effective having them. Michael Keane getting his goal, again, showing, you know, Everton's Achilles heel all season has been defending set pieces and then they get one from the training ground themselves. Absolutely fantastic. Um, 
caught Leeds by surprise, didn't it? They didn't know what was, none of us was like, well, what's going on here? It looked like they were doing the conga or something like it was the Christmas <laughs> or something like that. And um, all of a sudden they, they split. And yeah, there's Michael Keane at the back post. You know what he's capable of. Big, strong header at the back post. And yes, yeah, simple, but brutally effective. So yeah, fantastic on, on that point of view. But again, we're reiterating the point. Let's have that on a more regular basis. Shows them what they can. It just shows the players themselves. Because I think what's happened in recent weeks is they've, they've hit rock bottom in terms of confidence and we've questioned them. They've questioned their mentality. I don't think anybody has seriously thought these players aren't good enough. They're sort of they're bad players who have are totally helpless at keeping the team in the division. Nobody thinks that at all. They think they should be doing much better. You said that, you know, we've seen last season, they were second in the table as recently as at Boxing Day last season. Okay, that was probably a false position at the other end of the spectrum. They, you know, they, they're not the second best team in the division. But it shows what they are capable of and they should be doing much more. So hopefully they they can take the confidence themselves from this result saying, look, we are a good team. We can produce performances like this. There's no reason why we should be down here in the doldrums, 16th in the table. It's ridiculous. So as much as we all want to see them do well and the fans all want to see them more consistent, I just think in their own heads they can think, yeah, we're good players and we can be this is this is the this is the real us rather than you know the sort of dross we've been serving up for the last few months. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think it says a lot that we've probably gone around 25 minutes of this recording so far and we haven't really talked about uh, the man who won Everton's Man of the Match poll <laughs> at the weekend. So, Connor, let's talk about uh, Donny van der Beek. I mean, that, that it was his full Premier League debut, but I asked Frank Lampard after the game, it, you know, it seemed like it seemed like he'd been playing with Everton for years, the way he just seamlessly slotted into the team, didn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a... A huge relief, I think, more than anything to see how well he done because I think, you know, you look at his time at Ajax and you look at what he achieved there and how good he was, say, in that Champions League room and lots of the, the semi-finals and you know he's got ability, you know he's got something about him, you know, you know the clutch you were linked with him when, when he was, you know, leaving Ajax and obviously choosing going to Manchester United, but the clutch you were linked with him, you know, he was linked with the best clutch in the world in, in many respects. So everyone clearly knows there's something about him, he's got certain ability-wise, but... I think when we brought him in, there was that lingering thought of, well, he's not had much game time by United. It's not worked out for him. They've not been great in terms of the levels that they'd be used to seeing at Manchester United. You know, and he's still not got himself in that team. You know, you're thinking, is, is it the pace of the game? You know, is he, is he maybe not cut out for the pace? Is it too fast for him? You know, is it is there something else? And, you know, that was the kind of one we brought back to the It was the, the lingering thought of, you know, is there, quite, is there something that is missing that we just don't see that is the reason why he's not been playing. But then you watch him on Saturday and he just he was class, didn't he? He was absolutely superb. I think he covered every blade of grass. He was comfortable on the ball. You know, I think he, it was interesting, you know, the question on to Lampard after the game, you know, about his position and why he signed him and the way he spoke, you know, playing that deep iron position and you have know, to get on the ball, make things happen etc. And you know, we just saw a real class act I thought and tomorrow you think you know, well if he can produce that type of performance every week. Everton, you know, got another uh, a real option there in midfield moving forward, and you know it was just it was just good to see him come in and do so well because, like I say, there's, there's been I was quite pleased when Everton made the sound because I, I think he's he has he's a player who's got ability, he's got class, and you can certainly do something different that Everton midfield can't do. But it was just good to see him prove. I think a lot of people wrong or you know ease people's thoughts on on, on his arrival and 
with the type of performance we've seen because like I say from you know he was just he was absolutely superb and you know if that's if there's more to come along them lines then you know he'll play a massive massive part I think between now and the end of the season. Mm. I don't know about you bees but I think it was his it was Van der Beek's uh, physicality that surprised me most. You know the way he was you know not not just the way he was flying into challenges and stuff like that but the way he could use his body weight to shield the ball in the centre of the pitch and you know he's he, obviously very very competent and accurate in possession as well. I mean, this is this is somebody who just couldn't force his way into the Manchester United team, you know, and it seems inexplicable with that kind of performance, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I was um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, maybe I was guilty of just tarring him with the same brush because um, you know there are obvious parallels with Davy Classen. Mm. Uh, see both both done really well at Ajax, came into the English game, and just Classen as good a lad as he was, just looked like an absolute nothing player for me in, in English football. It just, it just didn't seem to suit him at all. So maybe it was guilty just sort of tarring him with the same brush, saying, well, there's two Dutch midfielders from Ajax and it's just the same sort of problems. But now he's, I think as Gav said in the previous podcast, um, he probably did more than half an hour at St. James's Park than, than Klassen did in half a season. So there were encouraging signs there. He was the one player who sort of came out of that particular fixture and a really bad one from Everton's point of view with any sort of credit and um, really carried that on. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting because the, whole, the real feeling is at Manchester United is they still believe in him. No, they, it hasn't worked out for him so far at Manchester United, but they didn't want to let go. There is no sort of option for a permanent move at the moment. So their hope is that he does well at Everton, gets games under his belt, and then comes back a better playing for them next season. But you just wonder, you just wonder, don't you, if you know he gets performances like that the, 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 the weekend, sort of sees the way that the Everton crowd are. You know, um, when Duncan Ferguson first joined Everton from Rangers on loan, you know, I remember Dave Prentice said to him, you know, you know, I think you'll stick around, Donkey. He goes, I, I wouldn't imagine so. Um, and look how that one turned out. So, stranger things have happened at the moment yeah man united won him back in the summer but would donny van der Beek want to go back there perhaps perhaps not maybe if he does well at everton maybe everton won him perhaps there is chance of a permanent deal maybe you know we all sort of thought the same about lukaku as well didn't we when, when romelu lukaku was first on and long we thought well the better he does for everton the more chance he'll go back to chelsea so you never know it, it could be maybe a great thing he certainly you know he's, he's got in there from the start i think a big thing is Frank Lampard really believed in him. Um, he was pushing for this move before he'd even been announced as manager behind the scenes there over that weekend. That was a real game changer because it looked like he was going to go to Crystal Palace, didn't it? Um, I think Dennis Bergkamp, who's you know his partner's father, had sort of had a word with Patrick Vieira and it looked like he was going there. But as soon as Frank Lampard came in, really pushed hard for him. And obviously, you've got to mention as well, John Heitinger, um, not everyone at Ajax has got a bad word to say about uh, um, Everton necessarily. Um, yeah, it's sort of really said, yeah, this would be the place where you'd do well. And he certainly hit the ground um, running. And that could be important because it looks like Deli Alley's still having to shake off the rust as well. So for Donny van der Beek to hit the ground running, it, it's been really encouraging. And hopefully me, as long, along with a lot of other people, were wrong about him and he can do really well. And who knows, maybe there is a chance that he, he might stay beyond this end of this season. Mm. It's interesting, Connor, that Bees mentions Deli Alley because I seem to remember when Everton did bring in Van der Beek and Alley on deadline day, there were a few people questioning the ideology, they, like thinking that they those two would be fighting for the same position in the side. But 
having seen Donny van der Beek's performance in that midfield too, in you know what Frank Lampard said was a, a double pivot uh, along alongside Alan uh, against Leeds. I think it, it it did kind of show that van der Beek can play a little bit further back in the side. I mean, you know, you, you obviously caught the eye at Ajax uh, playing a little bit further forward, but he can certainly he can certainly play that role for Everton now, can't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think he, he put any doubts to bed, didn't he? I think that we came with that performance and any questions or any thoughts we had about the transfer and where he's going to fit in, what he's going to do, um, was, was put to bed. And, you know, I think people... You know, people are almost now expecting to play in that role, to be honest, after after Saturday was so good. I think people will be more disappointed if he wasn't given the nod in that role in, in Southampton this weekend. So, yeah, I think you know, no one has any fears now about you know, him playing in that position and him doing you know, the, that side of the game that people maybe thought he couldn't do, he couldn't do or he didn't really have the, the physicality or the legs to do. I think it's, it's interesting to Ali, isn't it? Because I think with, with Ali, I think that, that it's going to take a lot more time because I think he's had such a rough time and it's not worked out for him at Tottenham for as long as it has, that just clearly it's going to take time for him to become a little bit more maybe durable and a little bit more, you know, back to the, the full pace of playing Premier League football and, and what's, you know, expected of him. But I think it'd be wrong for us not to mention that he could have nearly claimed an assist for every tour of the season on Saturday. Because if that volley would have went in... If that volley would have went in, I think Gladstone <laughs> gets demolished a couple of years early because that, that, that would have been absolutely incredible. If that, if that, I mean, I know it's, 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 this is typical, like, typical people that who follow Everton talk about stuff that didn't mean, like, didn't mean nothing, basically. But if that volley would have went in, then my way, like... Uh, but I think people forget, you know, we also have the, the volley. But I think the assist, the ball from Ali initially was, was class. I think that's... It's them small moments there where you you again you see he's got that bit of class, he's got that ability, and if he can bust that into maybe a 60, 70 minutes performance up to speed of the Premier League, then Everton have got a player on the hands again. So I think it's them small moments where you see you know Delhi Ali can still offer that little bit of class, that bit of quality. So I think hopefully you know he'll get back up to speed. And, and look, I think you know at the end of the day he's got to prove himself that he can do because he's in the last chance saloon, isn't he? This is his last chance, Delhi Ali. He doesn't work out from Everton and doesn't he doesn't you know produce and perform. He's probably got nowhere else to go in terms of you know the top level, the top level of the game. So it's last chance of him. But I think if he gets up to speed, he's shown on Saturday with, with that pass that he, he's still got quality in his weapon and he's still capable of producing something that you know we've probably not seen from Everton. You look at that type of pass the weekend there is what we got custom to Hamish Rodriguez doing, wasn't it, last season? You know, then defence splitting passes, you know, getting people in behind, getting on the ball. And Everton haven't had that this since you know this season. They've been really lacking creativity, so that bodes well for the future. But I think it's about him showing the right attitude and the right levels of commitment moving forward in the coming weeks, and then hopefully, you know, things will start clicking into place for him. Mm. It was just a, it was just a, a hugely exciting attack and performance, wasn't it? And at the end of the day, bees, you know, we saw Everton have twenty shots, ten on target. You know, we saw the, the front four, and I think Anthony Gordon made four tackles. Alex Wobie and Richarlison made three tackles each, pressing from the front, managing to create chances for themselves as well. I think Wobie made five key passes, something like that, and Richarlison got three key passes himself. I mean, it, it, it was just re- really good to see from them all, but I, I suppose with Anthony Gordon in particular, it's it, 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 it has been the norm for him for, for, well, you'd have to say a couple of months now, really, that kind of display, hasn't it? Yeah, um, Anthony was um, 
it's great in a couple of respects, not just um, from that um, sort of attacking point of view. I mean, we were stunned at the first here that he'd actually been credited with that goal. I, I was like, well, where was he stood? I didn't even see yeah. where he was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone having a laugh here. Harsh that on Richardson, by the way. But if he, if he, if he, if he the Premier League's dubious goal panels. What's that? The Premier League's dubious goal panels. They say. I know. I know. It's, I mean, oh, imagine Richie's face when they told him that. It's not that goal. <laughs> um, um, yeah, uh, but yeah. So he's got his goal again, bizarrely. But yeah, obviously. Took the corner, didn't he, as well for, for um, Michael Keane, scored the header. And I think the second thing is that he's not just doing that, but from the physical side, that, that was the thing, wasn't it? People saying, oh, is he still too lightweight? Can he not last the distance? But some of those challenges, he's been getting them all season. It's probably do because as a young lad, the opposition probably think, well, we're going to him, you know, let's pick on him, we'll rough him up. But yeah, he, he was responding to them, bouncing off them, really chasing for those loose balls. Absolutely um, fantastic game from Anthony. Totally uh, deserved this standing ovation. That'd be great for him as well. The fact that he got that little rest at the end and were just the crowd were able to appreciate what they'd, they'd seen from him, um, from this local lad who's really come on leaps and bounds and what's been an otherwise really disappointing season. But in terms of the attack, I think it'd be remiss not to mention the man who's actually at right back who actually scored that opening goal that I mentioned, Seamus Coleman, rolling back the years. Um for all the criticisms that we've had to this Everton team, major question marks about their character. You, that's one thing you can't throw at Seamus Coleman. That desire to win that, but to, that when that ball went across the um, the face of the goal, he just flung his body like like, like a salmon, <laughs> and, 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 and throwing, his, throwing his throwing his head at that ball to get the, that that will to do it. You know, for somebody who had, had he not scored for about three years, something like that. You know, Seamus, who was a regular scorer, totally revolutionised the position for Everton, you know, coming after Tony Hibbert, who never scored a goal. And in his pomp, you know, he'd chip in with half a dozen goals a season, something like that, for a number of years in his pomp. So for Seamus, you know, he isn't the player now at 33 that he was. You know, I just wish he was 10 years younger and you could have get, you could kind of, I mean, despite what Ancelotti says, he plays his 40, maybe in Serie A, I'm not too sure in, in, in the Premier League, but. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a lovely moment for Shames. For, for everybody, because, you know, it was the first goal. You know, it set them on the way early on and sort of gave them the belief. But for Shames, you know, as the captain, leading by example like that, he's, he's putting his body on the line for Everton. For a proper old school that, like, Dave Hickson or Andy Gray or something, just flinging himself. And, you know, when you when your skipper's doing something like that, it's got to be an inspiration for everyone else. So, yeah. The two ends of the spectrum there, a young lad like Anthony Gordon with his, his best days ahead and then there, you know, more encouragement for the future, another great day for him. But yeah, got to mention Seamus as, as well. That's absolutely fantastic. That's what you want from your captain. And despite, you know, what those question marks over him now is, you know, he is in, you know, the, the autumn years of his career in terms of Premier League footballer. That will to, that just that desire to get at that football and to put that ball on the back of the net. Absolutely fantastic, and that's one thing you could never sh question. Seamus Coleman, like I said, we just need to find. Well, Frank Lampard just needs to find a version of Seamus Coleman that's ten years younger. So that sort of character for the team going forward. Mm. Nice yeah. to Frank Lampard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Connor, I, I completely agree with these. Then you know, you saw you saw those pictures as soon as as soon as Coleman scored, and you know, you could see. You could see the emotion etched all over his face. You know, 
it got me a little bit to be honest. You know, it, it, it almost looked like he was going to burst into tears, like with the with the joy of you know, as B says, leading by example, getting on the front foot, helping helping the team by scoring that first goal. And yeah, as B's quite rightly says, we we probably are seeing the latter stages of Seamus Coleman being a player week in week out, but. If we can get that Seamus Coleman for the rest of the season, then that's going to be a huge asset to Everton, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. And I think, I always think of Seamus Coleman, you feel like he's the one player who probably feels it most. Because, you know, you look up when he got in the team, when he first came, because he was just playing David Moises. His Everton teams were they were so competitive. They were always at the right end of the table, doing the right things, always, you know, asking questions of the biggest size. And they, them size didn't want to answer. And, you know, for him to kind of be in the position where he is now, he, he probably looks at it as a, you know, a bit of an embarrassment that they ever, you know, kind of fell the way they have from, from what he was used to. So you always feel that he's the one player who probably feels it most and, you know, is, is really hurt by when I think, you know, things go wrong because whoever you know, is his club, isn't it? I think, you know, he's, he's you know, he come from Sligo, but he's, he feels like he's a one club man, doesn't it, in terms of being ever so long now, just being so consistent. And I think ultimately as well, I think the Seamus Coleman, we almost kind of, Get lost a little bit because I think this season, obviously, you know, performance has been great. He struggles at times, you know, and you can see there's there's been moments where his legs aren't as fast as what they maybe used to be, and you know, he'd be maybe you know, you look at the dark, for instance, when Salah gets away from him, and, you know, despite all his endeavours to try and get back and make a tackle, you know, Salah's just too fast for him. But that's no great change because most Salah's faster than most players in the Premier League. But he, he kind of you know he's then criticised or maybe have a bit of a moment. But I think ultimately, you know, he's been. Hard run to as well, Seamus Coleman by the club and the fact that, you know, how many years now we've been talking about Everton needing the right back in who, who can help Seamus Coleman, you know, take him out the far line now and then, you know, learn from him, you know, bring, bring those kinds of a mentor in from, you know, young guys who can, who can maybe, I know they've not been passing now, but we kind of feel like we've been having conversations for like three or four years, don't mean the club never ever brought anyone in and, you know, poor Seamus was just continually hung out to dry in terms of the to play every game, every week and, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to take its toll on him, but, I think in terms of his experience, his know-how, you know, his, his love for the club and, you know, his want to do well, that's massive for Everton. And I think, you know, you're Anthony Gordon, you've got to be looking at, like, Seamus Coleman and that passion, that, you know, belief he has and, you know, that, that will to win. I think that's what I want to be like, you know, 10, 10, 15 years' time. That's what I want to be, you know, people saying to me, like, you know, you can't knock his passion, his commitment, his, his effort. So I think, in a way, performance hasn't been great, but I don't think that's generally his fault. I think, because he's been let down, I think, by the club in terms of they never brought anyone in to, to give him a breather when maybe needed. But I think you look at, you know, that belief and that passion is, is, is whatever it needs in the team moving forward. Because when you think about it, that's what he was used to, wasn't it? When he first joined the club, how many, you know, when them they were moving teams, they were full of passion and commitment and, and effort. So he's just carrying back and off with that, with that, with them, uh, with them kind of feeling. So I think ultimately Everett needs to, you know, kind of get him a bit, creating that feeling now. With this next group of players and the belief that they can go and achieve what with David Moyes' teams achieved and the ones that he played in, in, in his career early doors. Mm. Well, lads, I think that's all we've got time for. I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed talking about an Everton win for once. It's been a nice little change, hasn't it? Let's hope, let's hope that this can continue for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll be back a little bit later on in the week. We'll be previewing Everton's important trip to Southampton a little bit later in the week. But yeah, for now, thank you for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.